Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Play to pod. and welcome to episode 9 of Play to Pot. If I don't do this in one take, you're probably going to hear a very loud London thunderstorm that's just on its way across the sky as I speak. So I'm going to have to try and get this with no mistakes today. Um, So in this episode, we're going to be speaking to Mark, who's dad to Jack, and he's the first dad that we're going to be talking to on Play to Pod. Um, And that's super exciting. So I hope that there are some dads out there that will get inspired by Mark and maybe want to come on and talk to us themselves. Um, It's a great podcast of talking about Jack's progress and also some fundraising, which we'll talk about a little bit at the end. Thanks to Mark, and we hope you enjoy it. So I'm speaking to Mark today, and Mark is our first dad to be interviewed on Play to Pod. So we're very excited to have you, Mark. No, thank you for asking me. Uh, it's a pleasure to come on this. And it's your birthday today, so actually we could sing to you, but I don't think that would be a good thing for any listeners to have to. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for coming on Play to Pod on your birthday. I think I'm past birthday songs from uh, now. <laughs> oh, I'm the same. I think you're probably younger than me, but yeah, I think you get past it after a certain age. Um, and you're able to go out for something to eat today because you're obviously allowed to do that now if it's outside. Yes. Uh, well, it's outside for alcohol, but we're just having a lunch, so uh, we won't be drinking anything today. But... Oh, brilliant. It's nice to actually have a kind of birthday that's not just stuck in the house, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. Because um, you would have had your your, first, your last one would have been during lockdown. It, it was indeed, yes. Um, I, I don't really remember what we did for it, but yes, it was during lockdown, so it was it was quite different. I think everything was Groundhog Day, wasn't it, up until, I don't know, probably last week every day felt exactly the same so um so your little boy is called Jack isn't he so do you want to tell me a little bit about Jack and a little bit about kind of your journey with Jack to to diagnosis sure sure Ed. well Jack's now three and a half years old and he's been attending Blue Sky for uh, just a little over a year now he started in uh, January 2020 um mm-hmm. We had our first concerns with Jack just before he was two. We'd spotted a few things and close family members had spotted a few things. And uh, we took him to the GP who basically just said there was nothing wrong with him. He was just a little boy and to let him be. So initially that kind of put our minds at rest. But when we got home, uh, we just kept thinking about it and we weren't very, you know, we were still a bit unsure and thinking, no, it's not just little boy things. It's a little bit different. So Katie, my wife, did a lot of research online and kept coming up with stories and information that were very similar to what we were seeing with Jack. So we just kept looking into it and we got our health visitor around and she said that he did have autistic tendencies, in her opinion, and she would refer him to our child development people, local developments. Mm -hmm. And they sat and watched Jack for a while. And it was a bit weird having these strangers just sitting and watching Jack, not really asking us questions, mm-hmm. but just watching him, which was a bit odd. But we we were just happy that someone was taking it seriously and, and it was it was progressing. So eventually uh, they continued to do their assessments and things like that. 
Um, and at the same time, um, one of Katie's friends saw about Blue Sky on Children in Need. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So we went and watched the programme and watched the whole section and we watched about uh, Chris working with Harris and all those things in the programme. And basically it inspired us because Jack was completely non-verbal at that time. And we just mm-hmm. thought, well, if we can get him speaking, obviously that's going to help. So we just thought, let's give it a try. Let's go out and touch with him. Uh, so Katie messaged that night and very quickly got a response back uh, within Mm-hmm. Within hours, there was a response back. I was sitting on my emails that night because we were literally getting inundated with inquiries, and I thought if I don't respond to everybody as I get them, yeah. then we're just gonna—I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and there's gonna be like this mountain of emails. Yeah. So I was sitting there trying to respond to everybody as quick as possible. So I think we had about three hundred and twenty something inquiries within about forty-eight hours. So mm. it was, yeah, it was it was full on, and it just shows. I mean, you know, there is a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of awareness of what can be done to help children with autism or social communication issues it shouldn't just take a section on a, a charity program to let people know um but it was it was overwhelming actually for yeah. us to, to see how many families needed support it was it was very inspiring to watch a program as well seeing harris's progress just gave us so much mm-hmm. hope um and yeah. obviously when we got in touch the reality was it's like not every child progresses as quickly as harris he was uh, a particularly <laughs> successful case But the hope was still there. We were still very much encouraged by what we saw. During the process, we actually told our health visitor about yourselves. And she said she was aware of you, but was kind of dismissive of it. But that just made us want to do it more because we're like, well, you know. (laughs) You told not to do something, you're going to do it. Um, So we did. And I think that was in November and then in December, my dad and I came through to the parent training day. And then in January, we started therapy with Jack. And it was from then on, it's just been good. Brilliant. And I think I remember the parent training day. The room was very small compared to what I thought it had been previously because we had so many people yeah, in it. it and it was just a little bit like, whoa. Luckily, it wasn't the summer, but that's the only room in the entire Scotland premises that has air conditioning, which is really strange because I don't know why they want aircon in Stirling, but <laughs> it has been useful in the past. But yes, it was a very, it suddenly became a very small room. There was about 20 people in it, yeah, wasn't there? I think we like did that. about three or four rounds of parent training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I made you play with toys, didn't I? And you had to yeah. play with your dad and a ball toy. So what, what did you have? Was it a pig toy or a ball toy or the parachute? I can't remember. I don't recall. I think pig sounds familiar. I think it was. Yeah, really and it's know. always dead awkward trying to get adults to play with children's toys, because especially in a group of people you don't know. So. Yeah, that, that wasn't... <laughs> it's like baptism by fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Jack's assessment and he's he's a very clever little guy. I remember he was sorting by colours and things, even mm. when he was just turned two, wasn't he, when we met him? Yeah, um, yeah. And very good problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. So how's he getting on now in terms of, I know he's starting to use words, isn't he? He is, he is. Um, so he's, he's much more sociable now. Uh, that came very quickly after the start of the therapy. It came a lot quicker than yeah. any vocalisations um, because before yeah. um, there was a lack of contact, there was no response to his name, um, there was no interaction with anyone except when he wanted something and very quickly after starting blue sky he became much more sociable he responded to his name he quickly followed started following simple commands as well which has obviously developed into much more complex things uh it's just stuff that he wasn't doing before came very quickly following that um verbalizations and what attempts at words came uh over the year um it was a bit slower but i think because of lockdown and things like that, having to do it at home. Yeah. I think the parent-led yeah. therapy, if you will, is probably, it's good, it's great, and he needs that additional therapy, but I think the intensive training mm-hmm. that he gets in the centre benefits yeah. him more. 
but yeah. it's, it's, it's still all great. But these verbalizations came and he, he very quickly learned, probably towards the second half of the year, that he started to understand better that if he verbalizes, he'll get what he wants. And he's he's got a good understanding of that now. Uh, so he's doing he's doing very well with that, yeah. And what's been what was his first kind of really strong kind of word attempt? What was it? Lots of no's. Um, that's that's, <laughs> a, that's a, a frequent one. Uh, and at the start, it was sometimes contextually accurate, sometimes not. Um, but now it's it's always nearly always correct. So if he doesn't want something, they yeah. give a very clear no. His mums and his dads are pretty good as well. So yeah, so those those are the best ones. And it's great to hear his little voice as well. Oh, completely. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You may be told quite often by other professionals who maybe don't, you know, have these kinds of strategies in place that your child's not going to talk. And, you know, the majority of children that we work with learn to talk. They maybe don't have full-on conversations after a year, Hmm. but they always learn to use their voice. And it's that use of the voice is really powerful because everybody understands words. When you said, you know, the social side of things came on really fast, that's what we see. That's one of the collateral gains of this type of approach um, because it's very play-based and the child is suddenly learning that adults are really, really good fun, whereas before they maybe had decided to kind of play alone a little bit more. And it's that kind of social side that really comes out with a lot of the children, especially when they start so young, because Jack had only really just turned two, hadn't he? Yeah, just the September he was two, and then he started the therapy in the January. So in terms of the the support from the council and the education authority and the health authority where you live, have you had a lot of support? Has it been... Because I know that where (laughs) you live, you have the CDC, (laughs) you have the Child Development Centres, which is really unique, actually. They don't have them anywhere else in Scotland. So how's it been for you getting the statutory support? Fife NHS was not too bad actually um you know uh-huh. as much to get a the nhs get a bad rep but the fife department were pretty good they still had their pre-3 assessment uh, active mm-hmm. and i think they were the only one in scotland the only nhs in scotland that still had that so luckily because jack was yeah. under three he was able to get into that we expected his diagnosis by the june after initially contacting him uh kind of october november way um and we were on track to get that, but obviously because of lockdown, it was delayed. And then in January 2021 there, that's when he finally got his diagnosis, but again, purely down to lockdown. They've given us quite a lot mm-hmm. of support in terms of documentation, and we've mm. been on a few courses uh, which, you know, they, they hinted at the things that Blue Sky talk about, you know, single, simple words, keeping it simple, mm-hmm. and things like that. But they also try and encourage, like, pictures, and I think it's Makaton-type mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But they don't particularly push any one thing. They just say these are different ways that you can communicate with your child and then Mm kind of leave you to get on with it. I think there are more services and support out there, but it's difficult just now with the lockdown, what's actually available and what's not available and what's going to help and what's not going to help. But Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't particularly say they were, bad's the wrong word, I wouldn't particularly say they were Mm. unhelpful, but they've done what they can, I suppose, with the resources they've got. And that's the same everywhere, I think. And I think it's just dependent on the resources that are in that local authority or that local area. And I don't think there's no intentionality within these services of not wanting to give family support. It's just the funding isn't there. Because I've worked in Scotland for a long time and your area, particularly the the CDC centres, they've been an excellent resource for so many families over the years. But now the hours per week are very few that they can offer because there's so many children and there's, I don't think there's enough resources and funding going around. So, 
you know, it's good that you're in that particular area because I do think they've got very, very good services in comparison to other places. But I think, yeah, lockdowns obviously had a massive, or COVID's had a massive impact on, on everything. So for you as a family, what, what's it been like? Because, I mean, you really started with us quite close to us closing. Yeah. <laughs> you really had only just started to get things up and running with Jack's therapy. What's it been like for you as a family to do things online? Well, we're quite fortunate that I've been able to come home and help Katie with the sessions. So we're both there for yeah. most of the sessions. One of us films and one of us plays with them. So we're very fortunate in that size of circumstance. But it has been difficult. It's, it's, it's been fun. It's been hard. And it's, it's, it's just, it's been, you know, it's just been what it is. You know, it's... it's Different, different right? <laughs> yeah, different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we knew what was coming because obviously we'd done some of the parent training and things like that. Um, yeah. But to be kind of chucked in at the deep end almost, um, it's been yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been great for us to learn and to get better at it. You know, I don't think yeah. we would have been as good at doing the therapy this quickly if we hadn't had that kind of intense. We hadn't had to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we hadn't had no choice. Yeah, basically, and it was it was it was probably good and bad that we started off with two sessions a week and then we increased it to three in the March and then the lockdown came down at the end yeah. of March so the online sessions mm-hmm. automatically went to three yeah. so it, it was it was good and it was like I say it was an, almost an intensive course if you will doing it and it's, it's, yeah. it's been good but yeah. it's got its ups and its downs. Oh of course and I think it's hard for all children to to be having these expectations placed on them in their own environment as well. So, you know, we're lucky at the centre because we don't have a television, we don't have an iPad, we don't have all the things that can distract children. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's tricky. It's much more tricky than it would be in a controlled environment of a therapy centre. Yeah. But, you know, I think you and Katie could probably come and work with us, you know, in a few months' time. <laughs> Once Jack's at school, you know, yeah. next year, come and be therapists on our team. You know I think so many parents are learning so many skills that they actually probably won't need us very soon, and that would be great. Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, we can have a, a bank of staff of parent staff. Yeah. Mm. So, in terms of you, you're obviously our first dad we've interviewed, and I think you know it's, it's not going to be like a massive difference between you and all the mums we've spoken to. But what what's been your key things that you've experienced with the journey with Jack as a dad when you first started to notice differences and, and then trying to get support? What's it been like for you? It's been hard. Um, try to stay positive and keep strong because you can't help but think about you know the worst things um, and and mm-hmm. everyone always talks to you about oh my friend's got an autistic kid and boy they have lots of trouble and things like that and you hear all the negative yeah. stories and um, so it's quite hard to try and stay positive when everyone's talking to you about all the negative things and yeah mm-hmm. with an autistic child there are going to be difficult times and there are going to be hard things but it's nice to hear the positive stories. I prefer to hear the success stories um, because it gives me that yeah. um, sense of excitement that Jack can live, this is going to sound say, but a normal life. He can, mm-hmm. you know, be successful, get a job, do things like that. Um, the, the one thing, the first one that I heard that was very encouraging was the actual psychologist that assessed Jack for his diagnosis mm-hmm. uh, is autistic. Right. Um, his name's also Jack. I can't remember his surname, I'm afraid, mm-hmm. but he's he's autistic and he's got a PhD in psychology and mm-hmm. he's written four or five books and he, I think he teaches at St Andrews University. And it, it's wow. it's lovely to hear about these kind of success stories. You know, it, mm-hmm. you know, it gives you the encouragement, it gives you the, 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 the positivity that I help think it's helped you through. That was that was good. And I prefer to kind of lean more towards that. Um helps you mm-hmm. helps you, you know keep going and just 
concentrate yeah. on Jack as a person as opposed to autism mm -hmm. as a symptom. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I think, isn't it? And I've said this before in other interviews that it's a very, there's a very deficit driven focus on autism, mm -hmm. particularly in the UK. And parents like yourselves, when you're going through that initial worry period of, my goodness, is my child got autism? It's all the negatives. And, you know, Google is a great thing, but it's also like a really bad thing. Um, and you can find all sorts of stories online. But the majority of focus within the UK is always around what a child can't do yeah. in terms of their autism. And we are not people that promote false hope to anybody at all but there is that idea of having that pathway and and not having these glass ceilings for children with a diagnosis because you know every kid I work with surprises me massively every time I see them and there is so much potential in every child yeah. that we see and every child is going to achieve like every individual autism or no autism they're going to achieve their full potential no matter what that is and it's trying to have that clear pathway isn't it and as a parent having things to aim for and having targets and having hope stories of hope and, and positivity really helps you get through yeah when I did my doctoral thesis that's what I looked at with my parent interviews I looked at a group of parents in Massachusetts near Boston and then a group of parents in central Scotland and everyone had similar hopes for their child and similar aspirations but the parents in America because they had a very clear pathway with lots of intervention lots of therapy lots of professionals involved steering them along they actually felt a lot more focused and a lot more positive because they had something that they knew that their child was tracking along whereas parents that don't have any kind of intervention or therapy or support they still want the same things for their child but they're not quite sure how to get there so it gets quite negative and yeah. confusing yeah. so in terms of your aspirations for Jacqueline what are your hopes for him for the future that's a big question uh, <laughs> <laughs> just mainly to be happy um, to do what he wants, same as any child, I think, you know, we'll support him in any way we can to do anything he wants. If he wants to be artistic, fine. If he wants to be mechanic or or something with a hands-on type, logical type job, yeah, uh, happy for that as well. We just want him to be happy and do what he enjoys and not to be held back or restricted by social stigmas. I think... I think that's what any parent wants for their kid, really, is just for them to be happy and to have a good life, whether that is yeah. financially successful or emotionally happy. Either way, it's it's, mm -hmm. it's just something that we want for him. Uh, I think yeah. at three years old, it's a difficult thing to answer because I don't think he knows what he wants either. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, but I think mechanic might be good. Yeah, there you go. The problem solver. And then in terms of the way that you're getting support for Jack at the moment and, and the way forward, um, have you got an idea of what's going to happen in the next couple of years, school-wise and things like that? Um, well, our intention. He's currently at a mainstream nursery um, and mm -hmm. he doesn't have a specific person to help him, um, but we think that's the right thing because we don't want him to become reliant on one person. Um, so he's in a nursery, they're aware of his situation, they've actually, the nursery has, a, I think it's two or three other autistic children, either in the same class or in the afternoon session. It's all mainstream, and he's, he seems to be doing quite well. There's, I had a little bit of trouble settling in at first, but that's all developed into almost a full session now, and he's doing well. And the intention is for him just to go on to mainstream school, if he can, after that. So he's got another year and a bit left at nursery. We intend to send him to the same school as his big sister, um, and we'll see how he gets on there. If we need to assess it uh, later on and see where if he's needing more specialised help, then again we'll do that. Um, Katie and I are quite 
positive about everything and just think, well, we'll try it, we'll try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll deal with it then. You know, don't yeah. dwell too much yeah. on what might be and just concentrate on what's happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's coping really well in mainstream nursery and it's always good to go for that mainstream option in the first couple of years of school and just see how it all goes. Mm. And with the right support and the right classroom environment and things, you know, I'm sure he'll be thriving. So if you had advice for another dad that was out there that had an, it, it just at the very beginning of their, their journey and all of this, what would be your top three tips? For us, it's don't panic. Don't dwell too much on the future of what might happen. Um, concentrate on your child at the moment and just stay positive. At the end of the day, it's your child, it's your son or daughter. Um, they will be who they will be and they just might need a little bit more help from you and people around them. You know, we, we, we seem to have been quite lucky with Jack's diagnosis. You know, listen to some of the other stories. A lot of people um, mm-hmm. seem to have taken a lot longer to get their assessment, but the diagnosis, but we, we, we were quite lucky. But don't let anyone put doubt in your mind. You know, if you know your child best, if you think there's something that needs more investigation, more looking at, go for it. And also get in touch with Blue Sky as soon as you can, because they definitely can help. Um, or any other service in the UK we're not just trying to promote ourselves again, <laughs> well, but, um, yeah. you know there are there are other people that can do similar to what we do around the UK but yeah. yes I mean there should be this is the thing there should be like tons and tons and tons yeah. of services like ours like 11 years ago when I set up Blue Sky I thought eh, a couple of years there'll be like 17 other services and it isn't happening like that it really isn't especially not in scotland um so you know that's something that needs to change we need to clone clone rona yeah, and, yeah. Um, and some my, my image and julia in london as well just clone them all and put them in different places in the uk yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and then uh, do you want to talk a bit about fundraising because i think we are incredibly grateful to you guys for what you've done for us over the last year since you've become involved in blue sky at your your family business do you want me to name it or if, if you're fair, no. yes go for it yeah i'm fine <laughs> that um so it's Stuart's Bakery isn't yes. it um so we, yeah. we've got our own family business and we're very fortunate to have our own shops so one of the things that um both my dad and I thought of when we first came along to the parent training day was we wanted to help you guys um as much as we could because you were going to help us mm-hmm. so we got charity tins from you and they've been in our shops for over a year now just and people mm-hmm. you know they drop their loose change in it all the time so we've been collecting money that way for over a year now and the customers and staff have been very positive and very generous mm-hmm. uh, and we just donate about once a month account of cash and just send it over to you and um, but uh, recently, it was actually my sale manager, say one of my sales managers, we were te- thinking what we could do for our re- most recent promotions. And she said, why don't you yeah. do a blue raspberry donut to support Blue Sky? Wow. Um, <laughs> and immediately I was just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we're definitely doing that. So rather than just do it on the one day that we're going to do it, we're going to run it for the whole week. And we've got uh, one of our biggest customers already on board, wow. CJ Lang, it's a SPAR. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to be yeah. pushing the donut for the whole week. They'll be pushing it on their social media. Mm-hmm. They'll be promoting it in store and things like that. And they they'll sell a lot of donuts for us. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're going to donate fifty um, p from every donut sold that week to to directly to you guys. Um, wow! And, and just you know, so hopefully we can get a good amount of money. Um, but as soon as we know, we'll, yeah, we'll that'd them. be fantastic. So anyone listening needs to look out for the blue raspberry donut that's going to be available in stores across Fife, I think, isn't it? Spa it's, and it's all the central Stuart's Scotland, bakery. actually. Um, it's, oh, all of central Scotland? Yeah, oh, wow. it's everywhere. Well, we've got our own retail stores, but we've, we supply a lot of like spars and 
Scott Meds and things like that, um, and okay. a lot of independent stores. So it's everywhere from Glasgow right through to north of Dundee. So we're hoping for a good few thousand donuts to be sold in that week anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a lot of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have raised over £2,500 for us now, haven't you? I think it's about that. I, th- that I think it's about that. I've actually got yeah. a big bag of change sitting in the office that needs counted. So Emma okay, Emma cool. loves doing that as well. So I'll bring that home this weekend. And uh, we've got a wee <laughs> coin flunter and everything. Emma loves loading it up and counting the coins. And then we'll, we'll get it. That's child labour, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> No, really yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, she she just loves doing it. It's good fun, and um... it's training for her future career as an accountant, isn't it, or um, yeah. a business manager? Yeah. There, you go. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That's the best way to do it. We're investing in her future. <laughs> you know, I don't want to take up too much of your birthday time. Either. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> two better things to do on your birthday. Nothing more important than supporting Blue Sky. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're going to sound like we're paying you to say. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, Mark. It's been lovely to talk to you. And you're our first dad ever on Play to Pod. So, you know, you're going to now have everyone trying to follow your example. And we'll probably have Good. a whole like list of dads that now want to appear on the I'll podcast. I hope we can inspire them. Thank you very much, Mark, for coming to talk to us. No, thank you for having me. Uh, like I say, hopefully I can inspire some other dads to come and chat to you too. Thanks so much to Mark, our very first Platerpod dad. Um, Mark was talking a little bit about the fundraising event that his um, family business is running for us. The week commencing the 31st of May. For all our listeners in Scotland, there are going to be some blue raspberry donuts being sold in um, Blue Sky's honour. And these are going to be available across all the Stuart's Bakery stores in Fife and Central Scotland and spas across Central Scotland and I think some other places too. So have a look out. And 50 pence of every donut is going to go to Blue Sky and help us help more families it's a really good excuse to eat a cake if there be needed one so thanks very much mark it's been great to talk to you and we're really looking forward to hearing more about jack and more about how our donuts get on in a week's time if you think we might be able to help you please look us up on www.blueskyautism.com if you think we might be able to help you we are available at www.blueskyautism.com and our online training courses and more about Play to Talk is at www.playtotalk.co.uk.